Welcome to the Garbage Fire Podcast, aka MF, aka MFKS Radio on the Airwave Style at 47752. Your podcast hosted by Kelsey and Megan, who are neck and neck in a longest hair contest. <laughs> That's a good one. The Garbage Fire Pod is all about being unironically passionate to the point that you would dive into the dumpster for the things that you love. My brain glitched there for a second, like when I'm reading out loud to my students, but I read ahead while I'm speaking, and then I'm like, shit, words. <laughs> Where am I? What, what, what? <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, anyway, hi, how are you? I'm good. Let's let's pull it forward here. This is just for me and you, but what's the... Uh very long okay yeah I think you might be beating me actually yeah it's uh also three days unwashed because I like haven't left my house except to deal with my car and I just slapped a toque on that shit because it's minus 10 million still uh so when we're done this I might have a shower we'll see nice beautiful love it yeah so it's uh January the 7th um I'm working from is home it? this week. It is. It is. Uh, do you know how I know? Because yesterday morning, I had a bunch of car issue happening. So I borrowed my mom's car for Wednesday and then yesterday because I had a couple errands I needed to run. Uh, and her battery died because she's got some like issues with her battery. Anyway, I hadn't really thought about that. So I drove into my garage because, you know, if I'd have backed in, things would have been a little bit easier. So then I was like, oh, the battery is dead. Let's see what AMA can do for a boost. Uh, it said 2.38 in the morning, and I thought it was going to be 2.38 excuse me, two thirty eight this morning, like Friday, but no, it was actually 2.38 Saturday morning, and I placed the call at like 10 o'clock yesterday morning. Anyway, so I was like, well, this is ridiculous. There has to be a way to get my car into neutral uh, so I can get it out on the driveway so Dad can come and give me a boost, and there was, and I figured it out, and I was so proud of myself. This is why I think AMA memberships are such horseshit because they have, they advertise their services as like, we will drop everything and get to you. And that's why this, whatever, what is it like 200 bucks a year or whatever the fuck is worth it's it. Like and it's like every time you need them. It's like 100 and I don't know, 125 or 135 if you get like the sort of premium one. However, it's only when it's really cold that their service really sucks. And it's just because everybody's using them in the summertime. Like if I've ever had a dead battery or whatever, I'll place a call and there will be somebody at my house or at work or whatever within an hour. And like if it's a battery that needs replacing, you can book a battery replacement through them and they'll just like bring the truck and do it right. Like it is really good, except when it's cold out. When it's really cold out, it's just a nightmare. And where do we live, Megan? In a frozen wasteland where the air hurts our face. Yes. So how have they not fucking figured this shit out yet? I know. Is what I'm saying. How is there a lack of understanding in this capitalist society of supply and demand? Um, it's a good question, actually. Uh, that's something that I would talk about in Social 30. So I don't know if I want to go get into that right now. But... I will say that the thing that's nice about AMA that I have discovered, um, there's two services that they have that are really good when obviously you don't have to wait for hours and hours, but it's the battery replacement and the tire, the tire patching. If they can just like come to your house and patch the tire so you don't have to like take it anywhere, it's that's the best. Mm. It's not that a tire patch costs a lot of money, but it's a hassle because if they can just come and oh, patch the tire without you having to like put the spare on, drive the car somewhere, et cetera, et cetera, saves time. And they're done in like 20 minutes. Those are the two best services that they have. Again, if I were to need a tire patch right now, it would probably be Monday before they got here. And nobody has time for yeah. that. But anyway, this I learned. Episode brings you <laughs> I hate AMA. I learned how to put my car into neutral uh, without, with the battery being dead. So I could pull it out. And I was very proud of myself. Um, I'm very proud of you as well. I have to mention that we are recording in a different way today, which is going to be a lot of fun for me, mostly because I've never used Google Meets before. And 
what is with all these little options? I'm using captions and it, <laughs> oh, there we go. Here we go. I'm in, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to relive, relive <laughs> my little rest here in a little classroom. I've got an Apple best friend making notes, a very cute banana. What's this one? Oh, <laughs> this is like great video content that we don't do yeah it's true actually i was just thinking like we should we could just talk about the video and nobody would uh ever know what's happening um yeah no google meet is like i will say this in the last however long since the pandemic started and we started teaching online um almost two years is not super great um google meet has improved significantly like they've added a bunch of different features and made like the background things so you can blur your backgrounds uh which in school is really good because lots of kids don't want people to see like what their background is they don't want people to like see the situation that they're in and stuff and that's totally cool i like that i think yeah. it gives uh, a, sort of a lot of flexibility uh, and that thing right there um when you're hosting obviously there's like host controls and so like in classes i can mute kids when they're and they're bugging me uh, and then they have to actively like unmute themselves you can raise your hand uh to talk and then you can lower your hand like when you're done and it's good because it makes just a little bit of a noise so that like whoever's in control can be like oh a person raised their hand um so there's lots of things they've done there's like poll options you can send kids into breakout rooms so they can work in small groups um and i do that like often when they're working on stuff independently I'll put them in an individual breakout room so they can just like raise their hand and ask a question and then I'll just pop in and like see what the question is and then everybody doesn't have to hear it which is always nice because like you know sometimes you don't want people to know what your dumb question is um so yeah it's improved a lot I hate <laughs> that I'm getting better at it but here we are doesn't this look just like Adele's Instagram live that she did DeVos babes it's DeVos <laughs> a little bit a little bit it's a good one it's a good one uh now the 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 question is can you sing like adele that's the question oh god no <laughs> if only <laughs> you, you heard me do my little i did but seeing the facial expression when you said no there was the highlight of my day so far it was great <laughs> it was just like <laughs> absolutely fucking not megan what are you talking about um what are we talking about today we don't have a plan we talked for an hour before we hit record and then Kelsey was like I have an opener and then we started yeah and it was about how we can see how long each other's hair is which is yeah. great podcast content yeah because we haven't seen each other face to face at all. when you were here whenever that was in the summertime July mm -hmm. Oh my god, in August? August? Yeah, that was the last time we've like seen each other. It, you know, other than like you sending pictures of yourself and your child. Oh my god, that can't be true. Really? Yeah. Fuck. That sucks. Yeah, it's been a long time. I know. I'm gonna I need to <laughs> Yeah. I so, um, uh well Say something modern. Oh, sorry. <laughs> this is so strange. <laughs> I will have to remedy that. Hopefully in February, we will have to check our schedules and discuss what the family day week plans are. Because okay. I will be husbandless. Oh, okay. Does that mean you'll be husbandless and you could come to Edmonton and bring your baby? Well, he's gone for three weeks, Megan, so I think I can do whatever the fuck I want. Yes, that's the best. Um, not that you're husbandless. Maybe that is good. I don't know. I don't have a husband, so, like, I'm always husbandless, and it's fucking amazing. So I imagine that when you have one, not having one around for a while is probably great. Um, it can be. It can also be very frustrating. <laughs> um, yeah. So, have you read anything good? Watched anything good? Oh, how was the Harry Potter thing? Because I know well, you and Britt watched it. I'm curious about that. 
It was very interesting because based on sort of the clips that we, they were like teasing ahead of time, it seemed like they probably have hours and hours of like interview footage that we're never going to see, which was shame because they used like a third of the special to re-show clips from the movies which like if you're watching the special you've fucking seen all the movies like uh-huh, don't waste uh-huh. our time thing but two amazing things happened which was they only used archive from jk rowling and pretty much like scrubbed her out of the whole thing perfect and then the other amazing thing that happened was um just Helena Bonham Carter is fantastic and insane. They had her and Radcliffe's little reunion at the Gringotts Goblin Bank. And they like run up to each other and they're like, oh my God. And he was like, oh my God, thanks for having us in your home. This is amazing. She's like such a fucking weirdo. And yeah, is it was a fun time watched it with my sister she said she cried like eight times i did not but yeah it was cute it was cute and nice and it's it's really funny to see how they struggled with separating themselves from their characters afterwards and how they pretty much are their characters in real life it was just like it was really bizarre it's like well i guess if you've been pretending to be someone were 10 years old that would probably be tricky but mm-hmm. yeah it was enjoyable I would have preferred something but what do you do yeah but I mean at least there, there's something right like, I mean and it's one of those things even if you're not a Harry Potter fan like it's part of the zeitgeist right so like it's just there and you can't not acknowledge it Oh, totally. And like, in terms of, I think Daniel mentioned this, he was like, when we first started out, we had no idea, like, <laughs> how we were essentially the stars of a film that the featured players were pretty much the who's who royalty of British acting. <laughs> yeah, no kidding, absolutely. <laughs> and so many really iconic people in all those movies. So I think it's pretty hard to ignore them and you're both the zeitgeist but yeah it's 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 just it's it's funny and it's weird and it was like nostalgic and that's that's great i've moved on to other things and that's okay too yeah well yeah and it, yeah because i know it was on and there's been ads and stuff for it on tv but like it's probably not a thing that i'll take a look at but i'm glad i could help you and your sister out because yeah Merci, merci, merci. What I have watched and super enjoyed is The Great on Amazon Prime. Okay. Have you seen it? I have not. It's on my list along with like 10 million other things. But I was asking the other day on Twitter for recommendations for something new to watch so that I don't just watch The Last Kingdom over again before the next season comes out so the great was recommended by like about a half dozen people so i moved it up my list it is and i say that in the most positive way it's unhinged megan okay. it's absolutely unhinged this television show and i use that description to tell my sister to watch it like 10 minutes into the first episode she was like oh okay you were right <laughs> I get it now. <laughs> uh, it's not Dakota Fanning it's Elle Fanning please in the great of Empress of Russia and it is so bizarre because it's not necessarily like a biopic it's very loose with history, but it's also very true to what was going on in like the Russian court at the time. So it's just like, it's a really bizarre look into how things mostly functioned. Like at one point there's a crocodile loose in the palace 
And no one there has ever seen a croc before because they're native to the Americas. And they think it's a dragon, Megan. (laughs) Okay. All right. They think there is a winged beast loose in the Russian palace. It's like, it's so bizarre. You see people get shot and stabbed and raped. And then there's a fucking crocodile in the palace too on top of all those things people like go fucking psychedelic on mushrooms to see god like it's it's an incredible show with incredible performances too fucking jillian anderson shows up as her mother in season two and is like i did not know she was in that well in that um, case i'm gonna move it like to the very top of the list and start watching it as soon as we're done you need to move it so high because my sister was texting me when she was watching the episodes that Jillian Anderson... Is it Gillian or Jillian? It's Jillian. That's what I thought to her Gillian, but I don't know where I heard that from. Um, and so my sister was texting me. It was literally just like lines and lines and lines of mark and like exclamation points and just just... Just shock, just pure shock. It's absolutely amazing. High recommend. Okay, good to know. I will. Uh, I will get started on that. Um, I went to see House of Gucci a couple weeks ago. Yes, yes. I was. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Give me okay. all the tea. Oh my god. Okay. Obviously, I went to watch it because Adam Driver is in it. Like, let's not pretend that there's. I have zero interest in like anything that went on in the Gucci fashion empire. Like I do not give a shit. I cannot tell you how little I care about any of that. So I went to see it because Adam Driver was in it. And I will say that I'm actually rather disappointed by the whole thing. It was a little bit too long. uh, And by a little bit, I mean, probably Mm. half an hour. Um, It was visually stunning. It was so well made. So like well put together. The costumes were great. And like, you got really good and like the and other like the costuming and set design um the hair was on point and like little details about costuming and character appearance to like show the passage of time without actually telling you about the passage of time was great so like it started off I think in the late 70s and then um spoiler I guess I don't know Mauricio Gucci was murdered in 1995 so it spanned like a, a reasonable amount of time and if you pay attention to like the different stages of the relationship between uh him and his wife his hair and glasses specifically change quite pointedly as it goes through so like as different like style of eyeglasses came in to fashion for men like that's what he's wearing and that kind of stuff and so you could see that passage of time without having to like have a big title card that tells you what year it is now or anything like that you could just kind of notice the detail so I liked that part of it Mm -hmm. I thought that was I thought that was really cool uh Ridley Scott makes a good movie like there is no question none whatsoever he does not make like poorly constructed films this one though Mm -hmm. meandered a lot and I feel like its biggest flaw is that it like I at the end of the the film I feel like I was made to feel sorry for uh Maritza Gucci's wife except that she hired a contract killer to murder her ex-husband so like yes what yeah so anyway the whole thing I like and it was funny because my friends and I were talking about it after the fact like why did we not know anything about this because we were all kind of in that age where you start paying attention to like that sort of thing right when that happened right um and when the the trial her murder trial happened two years later and I was like well clearly we didn't pay attention to the murder trial because that's when Johnny Versace was killed and there was and like Princess Diana died and then Mother Teresa died and like that was a whole fucking weird summer so like that's why nobody paid any attention to that but so the whole thing is there was um two brothers who were like at the the sort of the four of the uh empire and um 
Al Pacino was really good in this one. And he plays Aldo Gucci, who's like the uncle of Maurizio and gets him on board to like help run the company because his son is a fucking waste of skin. Uh, played very well by Jared Leto. Could have been played by just an ugly yeah. actor instead of Jared Leto in like, um, in like prosthetics. Pounds of makeup. But he was really good. Like he was really, and he was just like, he was just the absolute epitome of a pathetic character. Like he was so good at it, it was incredible. Um, so anyway, so and so Samuritsu Gucci, he's a lawyer and whatnot, and he gets involved in the company and he starts to like kind of ruin things as you know, men do when they don't think about stuff. Um, but his wife, who was from uh, you know, a much less well-off family, uh, kind of got her hooked mm-hmm. into the lifestyle and whatnot. And they ended up they had one child together and and whatnot, and she kind of went a little bit like power crazy but also she was really really focused on sort of the fame that came with being part of the family um and so after you know whatever they split and he was still running the company and was kind of like removed from control because of the design like some of the design choices they were making and and business decisions and some of his expenses and all this kind of stuff um, because he no longer had that kind of influence that was, she was upset because it was going to change her like lifestyle. Anyway, I don't really know. She hired an assassin to kill Maurizio and she like, and he was like gunned As down on do. the steps of like his offices anyway. Um, and part of it, like I felt bad for her. But I'm like, no, 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 she did this to herself. Like, that's the part that I didn't like. Because she was not a good redeemer. There were no good characters in this movie. Everybody had an angle. Everybody had, you know, something that they were trying to, like, get out of everybody else. And, like, there was nothing good or redeeming about her as a person either. And yet, somehow, like, they made me feel a little bit sorry for her. Like, I didn't even feel sorry for the dead guy. And I feel like I should have, you know, because he got killed. But, like... Well, he was Adam Driver. But it's not even that. It's like you you generally, I think, when someone hires someone to assassinate somebody else, you should feel empathy towards the person who's being killed. But like, I just didn't. And I was like, oh, I don't know. So Lady Gaga was phenomenal. Let's like, that was, she was incredible. Adam Driver was very good. Uh, he's always very good. So like, I don't think that's, you know, a thing. His accent was a little bit wonky, but it didn't matter because Jeremy Irons was also in this movie and he was clearly like, I am not doing an Italian accent. I will speak with my regular voice or I will not speak at all. And he just spoke in his regular <laughs> voice. Like, it did not matter. Um, no, he didn't. Yeah. It was funny. It Come made me laugh. On. It made me think of Merchant of Venice that when the 2004 one um, that he was in when he played Antonio, which I was like, Antonio's not that old, but okay. But he didn't speak with like an Italian accent there well, either. He just is... spoke with his, with his British accent and I was like, ah, oh, whatever. Yeah, this is also the Gerard Butler conundrum. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, yeah, so like the, the costuming was good. The set design was good. The music was really good. I really liked the production of it. Um, but yeah, I was just disappointed with the execution because I sort of felt like it was a little bit too long and I think the focus was in the wrong place. And like all of this stuff that I read... Um, all the stuff that I read about the movie going into it was talking about how it was this like wild ride and this and this and this. And I'm like, it was fine. You know, like it was, there was nothing wrong with it, but it wasn't as nearly as good as the reviewers um, sort of made it sound. And then I read some after the fact that were like, yeah, it was fine. It was okay. Here's some things I could have done differently. Um, yeah. Yeah. It wasn't nearly. And I said to you that of the two Ridley Scott is... movies that I've seen this year, uh, The Last Duel was the better movie. And that kind of makes me angry because. Um... Yeah. I have a question about that. I want to come back to in a second. Okay. Um, but um, what I was going to say is I wonder if your sort of disappointment in it was because the first reviews footage was so tantalizing in a way because it was so camp and then it became like so ubiquitous that it was less 
sort of compelling to watch the first time because you felt like, you know, with trailers and the reviews and like there was whole tweet threads, Gaga does this, Gaga says that, Gaga does this, that it just became sort of dulled. I think maybe that's part of it because the two trailers that I did see were look, made it look like it was going to be absolutely incredible. And the first one, especially, I was like, man, this movie looks fucking bananas. And then when I sat down and watched it, I was like, oh, it's not nearly as dramatic as that trailer made it out to be, which is usually the case. But I feel like in a film this way, like it could very easily have been that dramatic had they made some different choices. Good job, marketing team. Um, well, I mean, like, look at the cast, though, right? Like, you look at, like, just who's in it. It's very, I think, how do you not sell a movie like that? You know, like, look at who's in it and how do you, how do you not sell a film with that cast? Um, and then, like, even the photos and stuff and some of the videos that you saw, like, from, like, the premiere and stuff, it made it, like, just, it was just this, like, wild sort of, and it was fine. I don't know. Yeah, and Adam Driver just looks bemused. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. I would too if I was in the presence of Gaga, I think. I think so too. And like the thing the thing about that is to my comment to my friends after we saw it, I was like, I feel like Adam Driver was just playing himself, but also speaking in an Italian accent and wearing better clothes. Like because you know I don't know if you watch like any interviews with him when he's on like late night or whatever but like he's he stutters a little bit when he's trying to collect his thoughts which is there's nothing wrong with that but he has these like sort of speech ticks when he's trying to say stuff and he was doing that as the character and I was just like are you acting or are you literally just being yourself like I I don't understand and you just you're just at a loss <laughs> you're just well and it's and it was interesting too because because like the physicality right he's got a huge physical presence because he's a giant of a man and like whenever even in like the star wars movies and stuff some of the like some of the fight scenes and whatever like you could tell that the way they were kind of playing that like he was a little bit awkward and jerky in the movements and stuff and it feels like it was intentional but i don't know if it was intentional or if that's just how he moves because there was like a couple scenes in this where he was playing um at one point he was playing soccer with a bunch of other people and another one he was playing rugby and i was just like no that's just how he moves like he doesn't have that like sort of grace that you might assume so you think that maybe he's acting that way but like no i just think that's how this like long-limbed man exists in the world and well, so there were yeah places where a lot of body yeah, and there were places where I felt like I was kind of taken out of the film itself because I was, like, looking at some of the other stuff. And, like, the actual story was almost secondary to other things. Mm. It was still entertaining. I enjoyed myself. Much. But it was just, yeah, it was a lot of the wrong things all put together. And it could have been a lot of the right things all put together, I think. Hmm. I also saw Spider-Man. Have you seen that yet? No, no, please tell me anything. Okay. I really want to see it. I just haven't seen it yet. I won't. I will. The only what I will say is about it is that it was quite funny in places, and it's fun because they're playing. They're still high school kids, and so like there's some of that just dumb stuff that high school kids do, which is great. Um, what else can I say about it? I really enjoyed. Doctor Strange being in it and that's all I'll say I don't like Doctor Strange I don't like Benedict Cumberbatch um but he was in it and I liked what they did with him because it's clearly setting up like another Doctor Strange movie like because he's you know and that's fine Mm -hmm. but I really liked what they did with him and how they had him in there it was good it was and it was like because it wasn't a Doctor Strange movie but he was part of it it just felt a little bit more like he was a human being instead of a robot because I think that Doctor Strange is a robot but yeah, that it was good. I really, it's really, really funny to be on the other side of this conversation and to understand you and understand how fundamentally you are censoring yourself right now. <laughs> <laughs> I can say a lot of things oh about it, but God. I don't want to ruin it for you. No, I really want to see it. I just have no idea when I'm going to get time. Yeah. Um, but I was going to ask you about 
the last duel. Yep. And I was going to ask you how the fuck does Ridley Scott make these two movies and they come out in the same year? And like, how do they compare? So the last duel they started filming before the pandemic became a thing and before things all shut down. So I think they filmed, I think they were about three-ish months uh, into filming when they shut down. Um, Right. And so they had had some stuff done already, uh, which I think kind of, because this, the last duel, if on schedule, if it had been on the schedule it was supposed to be on, would have come out last year. And House of Gucci would have come out this Mm. year. Like that's sort of the thing. I think that's, but so he's a, this is the thing. I think Ridley Scott is a very good storyteller. I think, I really do think that like lots of times he puts together really interesting, compelling stories. And I think the way that he put the last duel together was far more compelling than what he did with House of Gucci, like really and truly. Mm. Um, Cause he filmed it from three different perspectives. You've got your three characters. I feel like we talked about this, but like there's the three main characters and each the film is essentially in thirds. And so it's sort of, it's from Matt Damon's character's perspective and then Adam Driver's and then Jodie Comer's and like, and hers is last, which is a, a very interesting choice for like a bunch of reasons. Um, but it was just really interestingly done because you look at, at these moments that happen in the film that like Matt Damon's character perceives in a particular way, but like the other characters perceive differently just because they're looking at it from a different angle or whatever. And there's like an interaction um, between uh Adam Driver's character and Jodie Comer's character the first time that they meet at some kind of celebration or whatever and there's some there's food involved and he's talking with someone and she's speaking with the wives of some other like noblemen and they just make eye contact and in his estimation of it in the perspective that they show from him it's like very flirtatious and you know whatever but then when we see it and so like you're like oh this is what it looks like to him but then when you see it from her perspective it's also a little bit flirtatious even though like but then she reacts like oh shit I shouldn't be doing this my husband's here like you know like she kind of has this this thing but it's so his in his estimation the perception of that flirtation is not necessarily incorrect because she sort of felt it too and so I really enjoyed that kind of play whereas House of Gucci was quite linear you got just the events as they sort of happened and there wasn't that like other side of the story ultimately because it really Mm. should have been a movie I think about Maurizio Gucci's wife really and truly more so than anything else and all the things around her and how that how she impacted the empire rather than trying to tell the story of like his conflict with his father and this and this and this I think it would have been a much more compelling thing had it been more about her than if it had been Mm. trying to just tell this kind of like grand family tale um but yeah the lot like the last duel was interesting too because it was really well shot really well put together um and just like editing and coloring and all those kind of things like very 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 well done and so to compare them stylistically in that way they're quite similar because they're they're part of the spectacle right gladiator is one of those as well like he's very much a very visual storyteller and so he does really good things there but yeah i think of the two films not that I would could ever teach either of them as a film study for a whole bunch of reasons but if I were to pick one I would pick The Last Duel just because of how it deals with some of those technical pieces I think better than House of Gucci would Hmm. interesting I'm so behind on movies because it's so hard to go to but the sort of, I guess, hype around each of those movies made me definitely interested in seeing them, but instead I'm just re-watching The Americans from the start. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. Hey, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, yeah, so that's sort of the... That was it. House, House of Gucci, I think it will be available on streaming soon. If you want to watch it, you should watch it. It's very entertaining. It's just like... Mm-hmm. It left me wanting more... Something more. I don't know. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Any books lately? Oh, God, no. <laughs> I went to Indigo and bought a bunch and literally, Megan, I can't find them. I don't know where I put them. It was during the Christmas shopping. I was sure I added them to my shop. 
And there's a whole bunch of books on my shelf that I haven't read. And yet I can't tell the difference between those ones and the new ones that I bought. I honestly can't pick them out. I don't know if I'm losing my fucking mind or what. But eventually I'll get time to read when my son decides to sleep all night. Um, Yeah, I read a bunch over Christmas, which was nice. Um, Didn't have anything else to do. Didn't have any like prep work or anything for school. Yeah, I also had company the whole time. Yeah. Yeah, I did not. I went to my parents' house for a few days and I read like three books while I was there. So, because that's just what we do, which is lovely. Um, yeah, that part of it has been nice. And then um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else interesting happening in the world. I don't think so. I mean, there's this oh, great. First time ever. <laughs> like there's well that's part of the problem though right like there's there's things happening but there's nothing really going on and it makes it really tough to like want to go do stuff because we're in the middle of this like absolute unmitigated disaster sure are we had all these events scheduled for our Christmas holidays two years in the making all my family and then this fucking deep freeze just descended on us and everything got canceled so sad and then we're postponing our christmas with the other side of the family this week because people are sick and it's like fuck yeah yeah it's not great like even just trying to make plans like i wanted to maybe go take some photos over the break but like every night was minus 30 and it's always nice when it's super cold it's usually quite clear at nighttime it's not often that you get like yeah. really cloudy nights when it's that cold, but also it's minus fucking 30. And like, I am not in the mood for being minus 30. Like, no, thank you. No. And I don't know if you guys have had it, but we've had it here where a few nights it's been, you know, minus 30 or worse, but the like forecast, if you can call it that says ice crystals. So it's just kind of like this weird haze that just like sits mm-hmm. over the city for four days and it's unchanging and all it is is just being cold. That's all it is over and well, over Well, apparently, over yeah, I've seen some people have gone out and taken some like nighttime photos of the city skyline and stuff on nights that it's clear and there's like air quality, not like warnings, but it's lower air quality than you would expect because it's so cold the building exhausts and stuff like don't go anywhere they just kind of hang there yeah um mm-hmm. there's no like, well, yeah. there, well there was a wind here but there hasn't been wind for a little days yeah no it's uh yeah it's a bit of a nightmare and then like just the other stuff too if you're trying to be responsible and not and like limit your contacts and all of those sorts of things it's hard to find stuff to do Right. Mm-hmm. Like it's just tough to tough to be able to do stuff because at some point in time you either have to like go be around people and like run the risk of, you know, getting the Rona or just not being around people. And I, you know, I think I've resigned myself to just not being around people. Um, because you know, the government and whoever, they're like, Oh, you should limit your contacts by half. I'm like, cool, can I tell half my students to stay home next week? Well, also to say that the week of Christmas to like cut your contacts in half, it's like, I'm sorry, who's out there seeing fucking 100 people a week? You know, like who, we're already being so limited, I feel like a lot of us are being so limited and yet now you want more. Okay, well, maybe you shouldn't have had the fucking summer then, huh? Huh? Mm-hmm. I know that's yeah I'm and like thinking back to the best summer ever bothers me because it was not the best (laughs) summer ever I mean I had a pretty good summer I'm not gonna complain too much um but it was not the best summer ever and now like everything is just objectively worse winter ever um but it's like it's a terrible winter it's cold as shit and it made me laugh like in the week leading up to Christmas when uh Dr. Hinshaw would say something on her twitter about like consider outdoor gatherings i'm like okay dina like it's minus fucking 30 
I'm not going to gather outdoors. Like, yeah, to be fair, it's my really not changed because it was just me and my mom and dad. Like, it was no. very simple, but still. And also how, like, I know that Dean has got a particular mandate. Sorry, Dr. Shaw, I don't know why I feel like I'm on for first name basis with her. But <laughs> she's got a mandate. She has to communicate things. I think you and I will know her job has been way harder than it should be. But to say, consider gathering doors when there's people in our province experiencing homelessness that literally cannot fucking get indoors is pretty insensitive. Mm-hmm. Well, and the fact that, like, you know, some of the media availabilities they're doing remotely now and this and this and this, but they're like, hey, doesn't transmit in schools? Have fun. I'm like, okay. Is there some yeah. magical potion at the door that sprinkles on everybody that, like, stops them from getting and or spreading the virus? Because if that's the case, how have we not marketed this yet? Well, that you can't just mad that people. It takes people's choice. <laughs> see, this visual thing is good. The hair flip was A+, and uh, nobody who's listening to this can see it. It's wonderful. Um, but yeah, I just... Like, <laughs> Got enough hair to do a flip. I just... I'm very frustrated with all of this messaging. And only because, as we've talked about before, these are no longer unprecedented times. We have been through this no. fucking thing for four different waves of this bullshit. And like, mm-hmm. it's not unprecedented anymore. Things are going to get worse no. and hospitalizations are going to go up and the people in the ICUs or the numbers of those are going to increase and more people are going to die. And then the government's like, oh, maybe we should keep kids home from school. And then people are going to stay home from school and then they're going to like shut indoor dining again on, you know, a day's notice and like ruin businesses and like no forethought none of that stuff and then like they'll do it for two weeks and oh everything's fine again because everyone's been home for two weeks and then it's just gonna go and go and go and we all know what's gonna happen and yet there are still people out there in the world who feel that the best solution to the problem is to just tweet into their echo chamber about how dumb the government is like what does that do for anybody Like, I'm happy that you think that there should be better safety, whatever, in schools. Fucking tell somebody. Don't just tweet it to your 900 followers who all agree with you. Like, why don't you, you know, contact an elected official or, like, your school board trustee or somebody? Yeah, that's, I know. There, I think we've talked about this before, this this media activism. And, you know, I think... In one way, there's been a lot of coming together around like when the first vaccination started coming out and people like couldn't get appointments and people on Twitter were like, give me your details, I'm going to get you an appointment, you know, like I can stay on my computer all day and I'm going to find appointments for people who can't find appointments, whatever. Like all that is great. But on the other hand, (laughs) oh, there's just people who I don't know. I just don't know. I, it was on Strombo's Twitter about like what has the pandemic taught you about human nature? And it's about someone like quote tweeted it saying human nature <laughs> is so depressing. This is me talking, but I said something along the lines of an inconvenience to you will override your compassion for other people. And that's just really fucking depressing. Mm-hmm. <sighs> well, yeah. do you have like questions or something? <laughs> you know what I do? I think, hang on. I have something in here. Um, okay. I have a question. Yeah. I have a question for you. We asked this on our hockey podcast a few times ago, but here's a good one. What is a job that you think you could do even though you don't have any like formal training in that area of work in that industry or whatever what's something I know what my answer is but I'll let you answer first 
I think I know what your answer is. Everybody knows what my answer is. Um, but like, yeah, so we asked this on our hockey podcast and it was just, it was a fun, it was a fun question. I'm curious what Avery said. Oh, I can't remember what he said. I'd have to go back and listen to it. Oh. Um, uh, um, <laughs> um, Steve said that he would be a really good courtesan, which was one of the oh funniest things that I've ever heard in my entire life because he said something along the lines about all of the things. He's well-read and he's articulate in this and then he goes on and on and on. Uh, and he speaks, he said, he said like about seven different things and he's like, I'm a good kisser and this and this. And he just kept going. And then Avery didn't know what to say. And I just kind of laughed. And I was like, I can confirm that all of those things except for one are true. And I was like, and I don't know if that one's true. I just can't confirm it. And I'm going to let you guys figure out which one it is. It was Jesus very funny. Christ. My answer was an NHL GM because clearly yeah. I could do it. And you could do that. I think you could be the minister of education. <laughs> I think you could be <laughs> the minister of health. I think you could probably be the premier of Alberta, to be honest. Oh, I could absolutely be the premier. Oh, my God. I'm really stumped. Can you raise a question for me again? Rephrase it. So what is a job that you think you would be very capable at that where you don't have any like formal training for that job? So you can't say teacher because that's what you train to do. But like, what's something out there in the world? You're like, you know what? I think I can do that job really well, even though I've never had any experience with that kind of job. I just know I'd be good at it. No, I'd be good at it. Like with further like with training no i i can be a good nhl gm um, day one like just walking in confidence of a mediocre white man kelsey come on i know i'm trying to but then i'm like well i say this and then my appearance looks like shit i think based on the home haircuts i did for chris last year i think i would be a great hairstylist okay and then you no. would, and it's the kind of job that you get better at as you practice, right? Like, that's the thing. As you do it more, you just get better at it. I yeah. thought you cut I my hair. I think it, oh, thank you. It's telling that every time my nieces come over, they ask me to braid their hair. Well, there you go. Perfect. Perfect. Um, okay. I have another question. Uh, what is, what movie that you've seen? has the best twist not necessarily like a twist ending but there was just something in it that like you're like holy fuck can't believe that just happened um oh boy i feel like there was one just recently where like say what oh well this is how this well i guess there's two of them this is how my life is. They're both animated movies on Disney that I watch with my nieces over the holidays. Um, one of them was in Encanto when Bruno, Bro, Bro, Bruno was living in the house, in the walls of the house. Um, and then the second was Rhea and Liz Dragon. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> Uh, when they all get turned to stone at the end. <laughs> like, I don't okay. know. These, this sure, yeah, like, no, that's fair. Gosh. No, that's fair. Um, I mean, I still think that the ending of The Sixth Sense is really, really good. Um, it's one of the few movies that when I talk about it, I don't like to spoil it because I think people should watch it. Uh, we talked about this on the Hodge podcast too. Uh, Steve brought up that um, M. Night Shyamalan's movie Signs has a really it's not a twist so much but like all the things that happen lead up to the end like with the water and the baseball bat and all that kind of stuff it's kind of neat like how he plants those seeds as you go and you're not you don't really know until all of a sudden they're right there um yeah I don't know like I don't for me it's always like the twist endings but sometimes every once in a while you're just like oh interesting and for me I think it might be memento just like the just the way the whole story was told and as you kind of go through 
and get to the end of the film, you're like, you have so many more questions than answers. Just because like, there are things in that movie that do not make any sense whatsoever. Because you're just trusting that everything the characters are saying is true. But like, how does he know he can't? Anyway, how, how does he remember that he can't remember anything? It doesn't matter though, and that's the point. But it's just one of those things when you get to the end, you're like, wait a second, this doesn't make any sense to me. And I really do enjoy that. And one of my favorite things in the classroom is when we watch uh, Shawshank and kids haven't figured out what's going on. And then all of a sudden, when the poster gets ripped and there's the hole and the camera's like looking back at the warden, that's one of my favorite moments to watch other people watch. Just because, like, the ones who didn't quite pick up on it are like, what? Their brains are just, like, melting at that point in time. And it's very good. It's it's such a satisfying reveal, though. It's so satisfying. The score and, like, the close-up on the warden's face. And it's so triumphant. Oh, The more satisfying reveal in that movie, though, is just after that when the warden opens up the Bible and the the rock hammer was living in there. And when he uh, gives Andy the Bible, he says that salvation lies within. And that's just like a, it's a good callback to earlier in the film. It's wonderful. I also like the bit in Interstellar when when Cooper's going back through the wormhole and he reaches out into the ship. I like that part because it just like that comes back full circle. I quite enjoy that because I remember when I watched it in theaters the very first time, like my brain melted. and I was just like, what? How? And then it's just Cooper's always behind the bookshelves. And I like that part. I think that's a neat part. Um, I did have another question somewhere. The part. Carry on. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I couldn't hear you. Oh, I just said I had another question. But if you have more to talk about, talk about more and then I will uh, go from there. No, it's okay. I was just going to talk about how Interstellar emotionally crushed me, and then I got thinking about it, and I'm going to cry, so continue on. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's one of those, uh, it is one of those things. Okay, um, here's a question that I read somewhere that I thought was interesting. What is the closest thing, in your estimation, to actual magic that, like, exists in the world? Oh, <sighs> actual magic. This is sound terrible, but like when it's not going to sound terrible, it's just really cliche because I didn't want to be one of those people. But when you're going to get your baby out of their crib and it's really dark in there and they can't see you yet and they don't know what's going on and you you know, open the curtains and finally see you and they just get the hugest smile on their face. That's magic. That's adorable. That's adorable. I love it. Yeah. Um, mine is not nearly that uh, deep and revealing. Uh, I honestly think that like, I generally think the internet is magic. Like, and I don't mean that in like, I don't understand how it works kind of way. I do understand how it works. There's cables and stuff. No, but I think just the simple fact that like yesterday, yesterday when I had trouble starting my mom's car, I went on the internet and I like typed in, I was like, I don't really know what the question is that I'm asking, but I typed in something big and I looked for video responses because I didn't want just an explanation. I wanted someone to show me how to do it. And I found within three seconds, like a hundred videos explaining how to do this thing. And there's a whole bunch of different languages. And here's what you do if it's like this kind of, of if you're, um, like if your car's older, here's what you do. And if it's made after 2010, there's probably this like sort of override and like all this yeah. kind of stuff. And I'm like, it's not magic, but it's pretty fucking cool. Because like when we were kids, the idea of being able to like look something up on a computer, you had to like look it up on like the Encarta Encyclopedia CD-ROM. And that was old information, right? So like the fact that you yeah. can do that to me, it's it's kind of incredible. Um, and it's, it's, it's incredible because that practice extends beyond 
the totally useful, like almost life-saving material and information that's out there to a few days ago, my husband was like, do you remember that, that puppet show with the girl who couldn't pronounce things? And I was like, what? No. And so (laughs) I literally Googled children's puppet little girl and the TV show Nanalan popped up on my fucking Google searches. And that's exactly what he meant. And I was like, how is this possible? How is this Mm -hmm. possible? Mm -hmm. Yeah, like those, that kind of stuff I think is really cool. It's not magic, but it's kind of magic because you can type in, Mm -hmm. like I didn't know what to type in yesterday. And I was just like, how do I get my car into neutral? I didn't even like finish the sentence. And the first, it had nothing to do with like turn the key, but no. And it was like, no, here's how to do it if your car's stuck. And I was like, that is exactly what I want. Yeah. And it was very cool to just like have that there. And I didn't have to ask too many questions. And I didn't have to phone and talk to a real person who may or may not be like condescending towards me. You know what I mean? Like I, it was easy to just get the information. Yeah, I think the internet and- is magic. Absolutely. And that's sort of the the pure the pure version of the internet that's like bias free. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like yeah, exactly. And it's interesting too because like some people use the internet in that particular way to like be helpful. There's apparently I've seen a, a couple things on TikTok, but I've never actually gone to the guy's YouTube channel. Apparently there's a dude who's like in his late fifties, early sixties, who does all of these like, quick little videos showing uh, like kid, like men, how to tie a tie and how to do this stuff for like guys that grew up without maybe having a father figure in their life or like never learned how to do these things yeah, for dad, whatever how do reason. I, I think it's called. And it's just like, it's really, really cool because that's somebody who's using the internet and the power of it for like extreme good without getting anything back mm-hmm. in return. He's just like, here's how you do this thing that is probably important for you to know. And I think yeah. that's like, I think there's something very, very cool about that um I have one last question and it is is, so okay I learned a long time ago that if a giraffe could talk it would not be able to pronounce the word lasagna because of the way that its voice box or like whatever is configured inside of its throat also giraffes only have seven vertebrae in their necks just like uh humans which is a total mind fuck just think about that one for a second um I feel like that should be the picture for the episode but anyway uh so i had a conversation with a six-year-old about how giraffes could not say the word lasagna um not that long ago and then we got talking about animals in general and the question that sort of came out of it which we never really answered is if animals could talk which species would be the rudest Megan, you've given me a lot in the last 15 seconds. You hit me with a lot of stuff in the last 15 seconds. I'm just like really trying to work through and process what this is all about. But okay, rudest, I think in sort of an unranked list, I would say the domestic short hair cat. I would say probably uh, monkeys, not apes. Okay. Because I think monkeys have audacity that apes have just gotten over. Okay. okay. And oh man. Probably, you know. Fuck me. Um orcas. Absolute assholes. Killer <laughs> hate them. Can't stand. Um hmm. And I'm sure there's like a teeny tiny fucking local frog in South America that's, you know, a huge asshole. Fair enough. Yep. 
what what did you say more importantly more importantly what sorry what did james say um he didn't really have an answer because we never got around to it uh he had to think about it Mm. um i think it's hippopotamus because those fuckers don't care about anything or anyone and they like they don't they don't eat meat like they're not carnivores or anything but they can kill they will kill other animals just because the animals got in their way and i think that is incredibly rude but i also just think that like they do not give a fuck that's true i went to an exhibition where i have no idea where the fuck i was but oh i think it was in vancouver but the whatever the there was a national geographic photographer expedition or expedition exposition and they it was very very graphic like a panel of three super high definition photos that was very upsetting and I'll never get this picture out of my head because it was a rival male hippo eating baby hippos just to eat them mm-hmm. just to kill them because mm-hmm. they yeah, absolutely. And I was like, okay, um, okay, okay, sir. Okay, sir. Excuse uh-huh. me, sir. Wow. Okay, I have, I found, this is another question. Again, there's a child involved in this question. Would you rather walk around with a salad for a head or broccoli for arms? And we'll leave it on this one. Okay, give it to me again. Would you rather walk around with a salad for a head or broccoli for arms? What does that mean, though? You can mean if if it's a wedge salad, maybe it's just a bowl. I don't know. You you get to decide. Broccoli arms or salad head. Broccoli for arms, I understand because... You know, at the fingers part, that would be. Yeah, and they've got like the a branch. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, stocks would be. You know how how awful that would be. I think it's more doable than whatever the fuck a salad for a head means, Megan. <laughs> I think you're right. I, I I think that's the correct answer. I don't think that there's a. I don't, I don't think that there's a, a way that having a salad for a head is feasible in any appreciable way. But, like, you could work with broccoli arms. Okay. Fuck, marry, kill. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> salad for a head. Broccoli for arms. Chow mein noodles for legs. Okay. Before I answer this, do you know what this makes me think of? You know, in that office episode with the where Stanley has the heart attack, the next one where the CPR instruction comes in, and um, Michael's like, "Well, what would you do if they had no arms and no legs?" And then Kevin's like, "I would want to live with no arms and no legs." And Michael's like, "You don't do you live like that anyway. You don't do anything." That's what this is making me think of. Um, <laughs> just that, like that whole thing. Uh, I think you got to kill the salad for a head because I don't understand what the fuck it means. Um, it's the I, scariest I, image that's yeah. ever been created. I think I the one you could work with the head. longest is the broccoli for arms and the chow mein noodles for like, like are they cooked chow? Or like, are they cooked noodles or are they still dry? Because that makes a difference. Oh, they're just wet noodles, baby. Yeah, no, nobody wants wet noodle legs. So you you fuck that and then you marry the broccoli arms, I suppose. <laughs> I guess. Like, I, I don't know. Oh, man. I feel like that's the only possible answer. Yeah, I think so, too. I'm just, I'm really flummoxed by salad for head. Where did you get this prompt from? This was just, I didn't. This was like, we were, you know, as children do, uh, talking about different, like different things and body parts and how weird would it be if you had like pineapples for feet, like just shit like that. And then it just sort of, 
Yeah. Wow, pineapples for feet is a lot to take in as well. Yeah. Wow, you've really given me a lot to to think about today, Megan, and I thank you for that. I'm glad. I'm glad that on this uh, blustery cold Friday, uh, you got some things rattling around in your brain. It's good. I really. I'd, I'd I say that my world for the incoming uh, broccoli arms nightmares that you're going to have, and we'll text me about it at three o'clock in the morning. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> very sorry about that. <laughs> my broccoli arms nightmares where I'm a Cold War spy and I'm running from an assassin. Yes, I can't wait. I'm very looking forward to those. Uh, your like middle of the night texts are some of my favorite things. Oh, God, if I could turn this brain off, I would. But then I'd die, Megan, and we'd all be the poorer for it, really. It's true. We would be. Um, but yeah, every once in a while when you send me like a screenshot of your Wikipedia search history or whatever, I'm just like, oh, we need to unpack this. Like, there's some things going on here that I'm curious about. That's the thing. It's like, it's, I think I sent you one recently. And even I was like, don't know. <laughs> don't know what I was looking up. Don't know why these are all saved. Don't yeah. know what I was looking at. Can't tell you. Won't tell you. Couldn't yeah. tell you. I'm not telling you. There's uh, there's absolutely nothing wrong. Nothing wrong with it. But every once in a while, when you send me stuff, like so, I'm like I say, I'm really looking forward to like the 4:30 this morning or tomorrow morning. You're gonna be like, I just dreamed about you know noodle legs, and now I'm traumatized. I'm like, oh, sorry about that. <laughs> I just dreamed about to noodle legs yeah yeah um yeah that's it that's all i got i got nothing else um this might be our one of our shortest episodes ever and that's okay we talked about a lot of things anyway we also literally talked for an hour before we hit record but all the yeah i know that's what i was like oh god she's still today but it was a delight megan a delight it was. It was lovely. We and yeah, maybe in February, like you say, we can uh, work something out or whatever. Yes, um, I will keep you posted on the DL and not in a public forum. <laughs> excellent. Sounds good. So no Instagram comment posts. Got it. That's the only public forum that we have now. Um, yeah. You can find our things on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher whatever google play is now not spotify haven't sorted that one out yet um we have a website i think probably i don't know oh megan my shame <laughs> grows by the day nah, don't worry about it it's all good one day uh, i have a one day i'm gonna look and report back and let's just say it's gonna be a riot <laughs> i uh have a project that i've been working on for the better part of two years that is still not finished so it's okay don't worry about it um, and it just sits and stares me in the face on a regular basis. And I feel shame all the time and I'm just not doing anything about it. Um, we have a Twitter account, which sometimes I remember to check. Occasionally people like send things that way. I'm like, oh, right. We have a Twitter account. And there's also an Instagram, which we will have to, I think, find for this particular episode, the picture, an x-ray of a giraffe neck. Because the look on your face when I told you about the vertebrae <laughs> was like the best. Um, yeah, so you can find us uh, all over the place there. You can find me on Twitter if you want. I don't know why you'd want to, but you can. Um, and as always, thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you in the dumpster.